Welcome to another episode of In a Pickle, the show that's dedicated to the less glamorous side of baseball. I am your host, Dave Houghton, and thank you so much for coming back for episode two of season two. We've had uh, some great reviews from episode one, season two, so I want to thank you, everybody, each and every one of you, for checking out that episode about the 1994 baseball strike. Today, we got a story for you. And nothing warms my heart more than when I get to talk about a scumbag from the Yankees. Now, I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. If you can't tell by my accents, I cannot pronounce my letter R. So, I do try. I do try sometimes, especially because... um, No, you know what? I'm not even going to lie. I don't try. I don't try at all. Because uh, I'm from Boston, and that's just what we do so on deck this week we have someone who was a world series hero that turned into a complete scumbag today we are talking about chad curtis and i'm going to give you some life lessons for you younger listeners you never play cards with a guy who has the same last name of a city or state and you never ever trust a man with two first names chad curtis is that man right there So, who is Chad Curtis, you say? Well, Curtis was a journeyman outfielder who batted .264, .349, and .396 over his 10-year career. He played on six different MLB teams over those 10 years. In his career, he had a hit total of 101 home runs. Two of those pivotal home runs came in the third game of the 1999 World Series, to bring the New York Yankees back from a 5-1 deficit. Curtis's second home run in the 10th inning won the Yankees that game. Before we get into all that, though, let's talk about where it all started for Chad. Born in Indiana, Curtis was raised in Middleville, Michigan, and then the family moved west to Benson, Arizona, where he attended Benson High School. Curtis played baseball, was a junior varsity football player, and he also played basketball. The only other athlete that came from Benson High School was Mitch Hoops, an NFL punter who played only 25 games for six teams over four years. Hoops was cut by each and every team he played for. So the Benson High School athletics program doesn't seem like the best. Curtis, on the other hand, was turning into a three-sport star at Benson. That is, until he was kicked off the basketball team for being, quote-unquote, too fiery and becoming involved in fights on the court. That fiery spirit would later lead to an argument in Curtis calling out Hall of Fame player and teammate, but that's for later on in this episode. Chad, for some reason unknown by our research department, uh, me, went to three different colleges, Grand Canyon University, Cochise College, and Yavapari College playing baseball at all three of them. Now, all these schools have some sort of baseball alum that went there, but the one school that has the most talent was the Yavapari School. Such alums include Kyle Blanks, former Major League first baseman and outfielder. Uh, Cole Calhoun, he was a right fielder for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ken Gills, a pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. Billy Hatcher, former MLB outfielder who was a member of the Cincinnati Reds in in that 1990 World Series victory, and he is now currently the Reds' third base coach. 
uh, three-time World Series winner, six-time MLB All-Star, and big-time dickhead Kurt Schilling also went to the school, and Kirby Yates, relief pitcher for the San Diego Padres. Sounds like a decent baseball school. So decent that it got Chad Curtis noticed in 1989 when he was drafted by the California Angels in the 45th round. Chad became the 1,155th player picked in that draft. Chad made his debut with the Angels in 1992, and due to the bus crash that we talked about on the first season of IAP go back and listen to that episode for more Chad ended up playing in 139 games at all three outfield positions he put together a strong 0.259 average with 10 home runs and 46 RBIs he also stole 43 bases but was thrown out 18 times which became second in the American League on June 26 1992 He had himself a great game, getting five RBIs in one game against the Seattle Mariners. The next year, in 1993, Curtis hit .285 with six home runs and 59 RBIs, but also led the league in 24 times caught stealing. He also led the AL outfielders in errors with nine. In the strike-shortened 1994 season that we talked about last week, Curtis played in 114 games while batting .256 and hitting 11 home runs with 50 RBIs. During that 1994 season, Curtis had an argument with batting instructor and Hall of Fame legend Rod Carew, after which Carew said that Curtis was a selfish and uncoachable player. If anyone knows how to get mad hits, it's Rod Carew. That wasn't it, though. In the offseason, Curtis had himself a shouting match with GM Billy Bavese about his contract. On April 13, 1995, the 26-year-old Curtis, well, his time was up with the Angels, and he was traded to the Detroit Tigers for 36-year-old utility player and IAP Small Dill alum, Tony Phillips. Now, if you remember, Small Dill is a segment devoted to players who aren't ready or didn't have that much time to talk about, but still broke the law. Tony Phillips was arrested in Anaheim during his second tour with the Angels and charged with buying a small quantity of freebase cocaine. He had been found by the police in a hotel room with $30 worth of cocaine and a pipe used to smoke it. Just to give you a quick rundown, Phillips pled guilty to that one count of felony cocaine possession with the charges subject to dismissal if he completed the drug counseling and stayed drug-free for a year. As Phillips met those conditions, the charges were dismissed by the Orange County, California judge in May of 1999. And a quick fun fact, Phillips also made the last out in the 1989 World Series when he fielded a ground ball off the bat of Brett Butler and then threw it to Dennis Ecklesley, covering first base to clinch that series. But back to Chad Curtis. During Chad's first season with the Tigers, he hit .268 with 21 home runs and 67 RBIs while leading the AL with 670 plate appearances. In 1996, Curtis played in 104 games, hitting .263 with 10 home runs and 37 RBIs. The Tigers had planned on releasing him at the end of the season, but decided to trade him to the Dodgers on July 31st, 1996, 
four relief pitchers, Joe Cummings and Joey Exton. Neither of those players had any type of lasting effect on their team. Joey lasted until about 2006, but was out of baseball from 97 to 2001 with shoulder problems. While playing with the Dodgers, Curtis played in only 43 games, hitting just .212 with nine RBIs. During the 1996 postseason, Curtis was 0-3 in his only game played. That season, his salary was $2 million. Then, on October 15, 1996, he became a free agent. On December 18, 1996, Chad Curtis signed with the Indians. In 1997, Curtis played in only 22 games for the Indians, hitting .207, going 6-for-29 with three home runs and five RBIs. Chad's time in Cleveland did not last very long, especially after he and another small Dill alum, Kevin Mitchell, exchanged blows over rap music that was being played inside the clubhouse. Mitchell, who's not one to be messed with, threw Curtis over the ping pong table, resulting in Chad Curtis bruising his right thumb and landing him on the 15-day DL list. Kevin Mitchell had his own on and off the field problems that would definitely lead him to an IAP show. Mitchell was the subject of a rape investigation in Chula Vista, California on December of 1991, but no charges were ever filed. After being released from the MLB for the last time, he was arrested in 1999 for assaulting his father during an argument. In the independent leagues as manager of the Sonoma County Crushers in 2000, Kevin Mitchell was suspended for nine games after punching the opposing team's owner in the mouth during a brawl. In 2010, Mitchell was arrested again, this time for an alleged misdemeanor at the Bonita Golf Course in Bonita, California. He was also ordered to perform community service and attend anger management classes. But I mean, come on, he's a World Series champ, right? I wonder how many guys from the 86 Mets actually have been arrested. Now, that would be a hell of a show. Anyways, after the fight between Curtis and Mitchell, the Indians had seen just about all they wanted to and traded Chad to the New York Yankees for David Weathers while Kevin was giving his walking papers and was just outright released by Cleveland. Weathers played for 10 different teams during his 18-year career. Not the best player, but certainly not the worst either. Enough to win a World Series with the Yankees in 1996. The move seemed like a good one for the Yankees. In 1998, Curtis hit .243 with 10 home runs and 56 RBIs during the Yankees' 114-win regular season. In the first run at the postseason, he went one for six with three walks and one strikeout. In the 1998 ALDS, Curtis went two for three with a run scored in a stolen base. In the 1998 AL Championship Series, he was 0 for 4 with a walk and a strikeout. He did not play in the 1998 World Series, but still received the World Series ring. In 1999, Chad Curtis played in just 99 games, hitting .262 with five home runs and 24 RBIs. In the 1999 ALDS, Curtis would play all three games and even scored one run despite not recording any hits. In the 1999 ALCS, he scored a run and stole a base, again, without recording a hit. 
This time, Curtis made it, and he got to play in all four games of the 1999 World Series in left field. If you remember this series, this is the one where he is best known for hitting a walk-off home run in Game 3 against the Atlanta Braves, and it was his second home run of the game. Immediately following the walk-off home run, sportscaster Jim Gray sought to conduct an interview on the field with Curtis, but Curtis refused to talk to him. He said that this was in response to Gray's earlier interview on gambling with Pete Rose, and we all know the story of Pete Rose. Curtis told Jim Gray, quote, I can't do it. As a team, we kind of decided because of what happened with Pete, we're not going to talk out here on the field. Yankees manager Joe Torre later said that there was no such unified effort to snub Jim Gray from either Yankees players or the front office staff, and that Curtis had just actually acted alone on this one. Despite Chad Curtis's World Series heroics, his act was getting kind of old in the clubhouse. If you ask any of his teammates from that 99 Yankees team, they would all tell you that it wasn't his on the field that was growing old. It was his off the field stuff that people didn't want anymore. When you hear a statement like that, your mind goes right to something about him probably becoming too cool for school or maybe drugs or something. Nope. His team was sick and tired of him trying to jam the word of the Lord around the clubhouse. Now, I'm a strong supporter of you believe in anything you want. You want to believe in God? Then go ahead and believe. Hell, if you want to believe in praying to a tiny statue of Joe Boone inside your locker and give it small glasses of rum and a cigar, well, then go ahead. You do you. But just don't force it on anybody. He constantly tried to solicit Derek Jeter to attend chapel after Jeter had already declined several times. Curtis said, quote, I have something that I believe is the truth, and it's necessary for others that I want to share it. With Jeter always saying no to going to church with Curtis, this put a hair across Chad's ass. And what's the best way to work out your differences with your teammate? Right, continually calling him out in front of the media. He publicly scolded Derek Jeter in front of teammates and reporters, both near the dugout and at Jeter's locker in the clubhouse. He also hated that Derek would fraternize with then Seattle Mariners shortstop Alex Rodriguez during games between the two teams. Curtis also told Jeter he did not know how to play the game. Huh. He told a first ballot Hall of Famer that he didn't know how to play the game. He told Derek Jeter that he didn't know how to play the game of baseball. Derek F. and Jeter didn't know how to play the game. 99.75% Hall of Fame vote Derek Jeter. 14-time All-Star, 5-time World Series champion, World Series MVP, AL Rookie of the Year, Derek Jeter. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh maybe he's right. Monument Park honoree Derek Jeter. Hmm. Yankees captain from 2003 to I think 2014 Derek Jeter, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I hate the Yankees too, but I respect the hell out of him. I respect him so much that I booed him out of respect 
on his final game at Fenway Park. Me and my buddy Mike went to that game just to actually boo Derek Jeter. It was fun, though. Tell me something. Where's Chad Curtis now? Well, I'll tell you what happened to him after 99. On December 13th, 1999, the Yankees traded Curtis to the Texas Rangers for pitchers Brandon Knight and Sam Marsonic. I'm not sure if I'm actually saying that name right, but we'll go with it. A Yankees official said, Chad just couldn't stay around any longer because that act gets really tired. Once he became comfortable here, he became a bit of a preacher, and it just ran its course. Knight pitched in only 11 games, while Marsonic's first game was also his last game. So the Yankees didn't care who they got, just as long as they could dump Curtis. They probably would have settled for a sack of used baseballs as long as Chad Curtis wasn't on the team anymore. Curtis played in 108 games in 2000 with the Rangers, hitting .272 with eight home runs and 48 RBIs. He was second in the AL amongst left fielders in errors, but they still had to pay him $2 bucks that season. I wish I could suck at my job and still make $2 million. And I do suck at my job, and I don't make $2 million. Because Chad Curtis just couldn't keep quiet, in April of 2000, Curtis had a heated confrontation in the clubhouse weight room with teammate Royce Clayton that nearly came to blows after Curtis insisted on turning off rap music that Clayton was playing. Curtis also turned off a TV in the clubhouse that his teammates were watching. During that season, he also told outfielder Gabe Kapler, who was actually Jewish, that he was going to hell if he didn't believe in Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've seen Gabe lately, but dude looks like he could still rip a phone book in half just by looking at it. And also that TV show that Chad Curtis shut off in the clubhouse, it was the Jerry Springer show. I wish I knew what song was playing on the radio when Curtis shut it off. In 2001, he hit .252 with three home runs and 10 RBIs in just 38 games. That season, he earned $1.9 million. And when the season was over, Curtis was granted free agency. He retired from professional baseball in 2001 because I'm sure nobody was calling him. Now, if you listened to IAP before, then you know that this isn't over, and the fun is actually just about to begin. So, buckle up. Chad Curtis views himself as a Bible-believing Christian and says he never drinks alcohol and never swears, always quoting from the New Testament, and says he has never cheated on his wife. Now, I want you to remember that statement. After retiring from the MLB, Curtis got his teaching certification, Evangelical Cornerstone University, a private Christian college in Grand Rapids, Michigan. After receiving his certificate for teaching, Curtis worked for two years as a PE teacher and a coach at the Celedonia High School outside of Grand Rapids. In the fall of 2006, he was employed as the athletic director and weight training instructor at the North Point Christian High School a fundamental Baptist school also located in Grand Rapids. While there, he helped construct a weight room at the school, but was fired without any public explanation in late fall of 2009. 
which is a little suspect. During the 2010-2011 school year, Curtis would work as a substitute teacher and also volunteer in the Lakewood Public School in Michigan. He would volunteer in the weight room. You love those weight rooms. He also coached the youth baseball team in 2011. Curtis coached the Lakewood Public School equestrian team. That's the sport with the horses that make them do the dance and the jumps over the weird things, if you don't know. The horse team included two of his daughters. The team won state division D championship honors that same year. Curtis was also a substitute teacher and a weight training coach in the high school. Again, buckle up. Shit's about to get weird. In May of 2012, after several female students accused Chad Curtis of inappropriate touching, Curtis resigned from his position at Lakewood Public School. In June of 2012, Curtis was ordered to stand trial for five counts of criminal sexual conduct, ranging from misdemeanor to felonies, carrying a potential 15-year sentence. In August of 2012, Curtis was charged with an additional six counts of criminal sexual conduct. So if you don't cheat on your wife, but you'll touch little girls? The criminal trial for Chad began on August 12th, 2013, during which three of his victims and two others, all of them underage girls, testified. Curtis, according to testimony, offered massages to some girls at the school, but not to any of the boys. Curtis was accused of molesting two 15-year-old girls in 2012 when he was volunteering at that weight room as the strength and condition trainer at the Lakewood High School. He also sexually assaulted a 16-year-old girl in 2011. He said it was the most unfaithful he's ever been to his wife he gave massages first in the school's weight room and then in the room next to the weight room and then ultimately he moved into a windowless room in their trainer's office certified creep you find gangster rap and jerry springer offensive but molesting young girls is okay what is that just three days later, on August 16th, Curtis was found guilty on all six counts, including third-degree criminal sexual conduct, a crime that involves sexual penetration. In an hour-long address to the court, Curtis accused all his victims of lying. He claimed that they made unwelcoming sexual advances to him. Barry County, Michigan prosecutor, Julie Pratt later stated that Curtis's sentence sentencing statement was the most selfish, self-serving, victim-blaming statement she had ever heard in her professional career as a prosecutor. It speaks volumes about his character or the lack thereof. On October 3rd, 2013, Curtis was sentenced by Barry County Circuit Court Judge Amy McDowell to 7 to 15 years in prison. In February 2015, Curtis's criminal convictions were up, were upheld by the Michigan State Appeals Court in a 3 to 0 decision. After pursuing an attempt in March of 2016 for resentencing, 
Curtis later withdrew the request when the preceding judge signaled that Curtis faced the possibility of a longer term of incarceration. In a 2014 federal civil suit filed against Curtis by his three victims in the criminal sexual conduct case, plus a fourth Lakewood High School student accused with with similar claims, Curtis was found liable of battery against the four girls by the U.S. District Court Judge of Michigan, a former Lakewood Public School Board member who had started a group ministry with Curtis, Brian Porter, revealed for the first time in 2015 a deposition that Curtis had admitted to him in 2012 that Curtis kissed one of the victims and had been inappropriate, but that Porter had not reported the conversation to authorities. In June of 2017, Curtis's victims settled a civil suit against Lakewood School for $575,000. In September of 2017, Curtis himself settled a federal civil suit with the three with three out of four of his victims. The fourth victim took Curtis all the way to trial. In October of 2017, she was awarded $1.8 million. In May of 2018, a federal lawsuit was filed by one of Curtis's victims claiming that Curtis transferred all his money and assets to his ex-wife, Candace Curtis, in an effort to avoid the court-ordered payouts to his victims. Attorney Monica Beck said Curtis and his ex-wife transferred lots of money, vehicles, houses, and disposed and liquidated a lot of their assets, which they then tried to hide from the state of Michigan and then tried to hide from their clients. Beck also cited a statement by Candace Curtis during one of the telephone conversations. Quote, I'm trying to keep things out of victims' hands. In January 2019, Candace Curtis lost a bankruptcy petition with the ruling judge writing that Candace Curtis is simply attempting to stall, if not escape, a post-judgment collection proceeding in district court and candace curtis testimony is indicative of her lack of good faith so not only is her husband a scumbag but so is she curtis chad curtis was incarcerated at the gus harrison correctional facility in michigan online state prison records show that chad curtis who is now 52 was paroled on september 22nd 2021 after serving his minimum sentence of seven years, and he was placed on supervision for the next two years. After Curtis's conviction, former teammate Gabe Kapler wrote, I am floored that I misjudged the character of a man so horribly. Perhaps I was blinded with the mantle of religious moral authority he always tried to wear and never looked deeper. Chad Curtis wasn't the first major leaguer to commit a horrendous crime. I'm confident in my assessment, however, that he'll represent the last time that I allow the veil of religion to perceive my moral high ground and impede my better judgment of another human being fiber. Chad Curtis was a piece of shit. So there you have it. Chad Curtis, a two-time World Series champion, turned into a complete scumbag. I know the first season we never swore on the show uh well 
we sort of never swore on the show. Every once in a while, one one slipped past the goalie. But uh, talking about a guy like Chad Curtis, I have a daughter, and if anything ever happened to my daughter like this, this dude would not, he would not be standing anymore. I would find a way to just get at this guy. So, uh, I'm not here to promote violence by any way, and if, uh, Jesus, I probably just implemented myself into a crime, but hey, you know what? I will fight for anyone. All right, so thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please make sure and go check out iapradio.com for more episodes. Uh, This is season two. This is episode two, and I want to thank you so much. Please go out. uh, There's a little thing on Spotify we can go and rate and review the show. Please, by all means, give give me a couple of rates here. I would love it. Also, go ahead and share it. I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, You can find all those sites at iepradio.com. Thank you so much. Uh, Go ahead and check it out. You can also find the links to any of our shows, past shows. And and that's it. That's it. I'm going to leave it at that. So uh, that was Chad Curtis. This is IAP Radio. I'm Dave Houghton. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Pickle is brought to you by Screen Punch Gaming. You can find them streaming live Let's Plays and in-house team gameplay for the latest first-person shooter, arcade fighter, esports talking news, as well as some deep-cut cult classics. Head over and check them out today, twitch.tv slash Gaming. You can also find them on Instagram and Twitter at Screen Punchers.